Thanks for joining us here at Temple Baptist Church in Centralia, Illinois, where we are a community of people who are not perfect and don't pretend to be. If you would like to see other resources or learn more about our ministry, check out www.tbccentralia.com. Our hope and prayer is that through the following message, you are encouraged, blessed, and inspired to meet the Lord in a powerful way. Well, if uh, this is your first week here with us, I just want to share with you that we are in week four of a four-week series called Advent, God with us. And in the first week, I shared with you um, about hope and how that, uh, that word there, sometimes it's just a sliver that's all we need and that allows you to get through the next day, sometimes the next month, or maybe even the next year. It's that just maybe what could happen. And then the second week, I uh, introduced you, God with us. A love story. We shared about uh, Joseph and Mary and how many times. And we don't think about that as a love story, but it was. And it was a love, not just about Mary and Joseph, but a love story about Jesus Christ coming to the earth. And then last week, I introduced you to the concept of joy. And how that we get to choose joy or we get to choose not to have joy. It's there for us. It's ready. It's the gift that has our name on it. It's under the Christmas tree. It's just a matter, are we going to pull it up? Are we going to open it up? Are we going to bring it into our life? And so today I conclude this message series with you. And the, the topic is, God with us brings peace. Now, a lot of times when you hear the word peace, you'll hear it um, coincide with the word war. The novel War and Peace. And, and it seems like we might naturally be drawn to the fact that uh, Peace is the very opposite of war, conflict, trouble. And while that is true, I want to introduce you to something much more. It's more than just tranquility. Peace is more than just a lack of war. Peace is much more than just a lack of conflict in your life. Matter of fact, the, the Bible tells us that there's a struggle between two entities, between our soul and our spirit. And you're going to find out that the peace that we're promised through the Bible comes to us and it solves that conflict between those two things. Will you join me in, in uh, talking about that? And before I do that, I've just got to be honest with you. Spoiler alert. Here it is, December 22nd. In three days, maybe two and a half if, if your kids convince you to open them all up on Christmas Eve. There's going to be a lot of presents opened up, and, and we're going to celebrate Christmas. We're going to celebrate the birth of Jesus. But I, I, I'm not going to do a spoiler alert because we have children in here, the, the one you might be thinking of. I'm going to do the spoiler alert that Jesus was not born on December 25th. Now, that doesn't mean that we can't celebrate or shouldn't celebrate a Christmas on December 25th. Um, but what I want to do is share with you that uh, the Bible shows us, uh, and it leaves us some clues if we examine them, that we'll realize that December 25th really isn't the birth date of Jesus. Clue number one is this, the shepherds. If you open up uh, to Luke, and I'm not going to read there, I just want to share with you, but the Bible tells us that in the fields, 
at night is where the shepherds were found. Now, the reality is this, that normally the shepherds don't spend all night out in the fields with the sheep. Normally, they're brought back into the folds, but there's a certain time of a year, a time of year that they call the lambing season, where the shepherds stay with the flock the entire 24 hours a day for a weeks on end. Why? Because that's the time of year that the lambs are born. Now, unlike other animals and unlike humans, uh, lambs are only born one time a year. And so it's this time of year that the shepherds are out with the flocks, waiting for the arrival of those lambs. And what's interesting is the Bible tells us that the shepherds that it revealed to us were the shepherds around Bethlehem. And you may not understand this, but Bethlehem was where they raised the lambs that would be used in the temple for sacrifice It's probably not a coincidence that the lamb was born in Bethlehem. The lamb that would be the sacrifice that would pay for all the sins of man was born in Bethlehem. Well, that's clue number one. Clue number two is this, the holy days. If you uh, are familiar with the the Jewish religion, uh, the Hebrews have many holy days. And the very first holy day that was established to them, most of us aren't aware of and don't celebrate. And we call it Palm Sunday. But the the Hebrews or Jews celebrate the 10th day of Nisan. And on the 10th day of Nisan, they would choose the lamb that they would use for the Passover. Now, when we read that and we see that they choose the lamb... Our Western culture thinks about going through the supermarket and picking out something, you know, we look at the expiration and we make sure that it's not expired or it's not about to expire and then that's what we pick. And sometimes it's easy for us with that mindset to think about going and picking out a lamb. But really what they were doing was they went and they accepted the lamb. 2,000 years ago on Palm Sunday, the lamb rode into... Jerusalem and the people accepted the lamb and the next holy day that came up would be Passover and on Passover the lamb would be sacrificed and the lamb of the world on that day was sacrificed 2,000 years ago and the next holy day in in order is the holy day of the feast of first fruits and on the feast of first fruits what would happen is um They would come and offer the first of uh, the wheat offering. And in this case, the lamb rose from the dead on the Feast of First Fruits. If you read your Bible, you'll hear that we are described as a kind of first fruits. Why? Because for all man, all time, up until this point in history, there was no real, true first fruit. They were just a symbol. They were just, this is what we are looking forward to coming. And then on that day when Jesus Christ was sacrificed on Passover, and three days later he rose again from the dead, and then 50 days later on the holy day of Pentecost, he ascended. And the Bible tells us that today he sits at the right hand of the Father. So clue number three is this, the Magi. 
Now, I kind of gave you a teaser last week, and, and I told you that uh, when you think about nativity scenes and you think about the wise men, we always picture three wise men. But, see, the Bible tells us that there was, that was not the number of wise men that came to see Jesus. Matter of fact, um, let's first of all realize who the wise men are. The wise men uh, came out of Babylon. They came out of the east. And the wise men were, uh, sometimes you would call them magicians. Sometimes you would call them astrologers. These were the men that were trained by uh, Daniel. And Daniel trained these men and he raised them up and he told them, one day the king of the Jews was going to be born. And when the king of the Jews would be born, there would be a sign in the heavens. And so these magi saw the sign in the heavens and they took all of the the magi and they came to Jerusalem. Matter of fact, if you would read in Isaiah 60, and I won't read that, I just want to share with you. In Isaiah 60, it says this, that there was a multitude of camels and they would bring gold and frankincense as gifts with them. So that's clue number three. And clue number four is this. It's the word Nisan. Nisan is one of the months in the Hebrew calendar. Nisan means the beginning. If you actually broke down the word, it means new sun. It's the time that the earth is rotating around the uh, sun and is beginning a new year. And as I shared with you on those holy days... On those holy days, we saw that each one of the things that happened fulfilled in the life of Jesus what the holy day stood for. On the the Palm Sunday, on the 10th day of Nisan, they accepted the lamb. Four days later on the Passover, the lamb was offered up as a sacrifice. Three days later, the feast of first fruits, Jesus rose from the dead. And 50 days later from the Passover, we see the ascension where Jesus went to sit with his father in heaven. But as we look at this month of Nisan, we'll find out that it is significant in many ways. It means new beginning. And just as each one of those other holy days represented something in the life of Jesus, the first of Nisan was a new beginning. The first of Nisan is when we believe that Jesus was born. Why? Because he represented a new beginning. He took our calendars and changed them from B.C. and to A.D. Now there's no other man that's walked on the face of the earth that that has happened for. So there are four clues for us. But as I think about peace, I want to share with you three things that are relevant to us. And the first one is this. Peace is shalom. Now, shalom is a Jewish word. And a lot of times when we translate words from another language to English, we lose the meaning of the translation. And so when we think about peace, we just, you know, things are calm. Things are easy. Tranquility. But the Jewish word of shalom means so much more than that. The Jewish word of shalom means it's a rich, powerful wholeness to our life. It means everything is as it should be. Not just the absence of conflict. Not just the absence of struggle. It means that everything is in place. That's the peace that God offers to us. And so when we say God with us means peace, that's exactly what we're talking about. God offers you completeness. God offers you wholeness. 
One of the verses in the Old Testament that demonstrate this very well is when the priest would pray a prayer over the people. And you find this in Numbers chapter 6. And I just want to read this prayer. And it says, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you shalom. Give you completeness. Give you wholeness. The most quoted verse that you'll find for Christmas is found in Isaiah. Matter of fact, it was part of the the song that we just sang. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulders. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father. Listen to this. Prince of Shalom. Prince of completeness. Prince of fullness. You see, Jesus brought completeness. He brought wholeness into God's plan of redemption. Up to that point, all they had was pointing to the time when Jesus, the Messiah, would come. And while he provided the peace, the peace wasn't complete until Jesus arrived on the scene. Until Jesus lived out exactly what God had ordained. And so with that, we recognize that peace is a person. And we know that person is Jesus Christ. Ephesians 2.14 says it this way, For he himself is our peace. But you know, Ephesians 2.14 doesn't stop there. What he says is, He was made the two groups, one, and destroyed the barrier. Remember I talked about the soul and the spirit? And and the Bible says that there's a dividing wall of hostility between the soul and the spirit. And it is Jesus... And the next verse says, by setting aside in his flesh the law with its commands and regulations. You know, it is easy for us in church today to get caught up in church things. It's easy for us to get caught up in versions of Bible. It's easy for us to get caught up in types of music. It's easy for us to get caught up in how many services should we have and how often should we come to church. Those are things easy for us to get caught up in. But what Ephesians 2, 14 says, that Jesus set all of those commands and regulations aside. Now make no mistake about it, in the Old Testament, they were expected to keep all of those commands and regulations. Why? Because it was the law. But what happened when Jesus came on the scene, he provided peace. And he did away with the law. See, he fulfilled the law. The reality is not one of us are able to live up to the law. Matter of fact, you look at that and it's kind of disheartening. But what's incredible is that Jesus Christ fulfilled it for you. When people ask the question, how in the world could God do this? Here's how. Because not only did he set the the bar at a level that none of us can meet, but he himself did what you'll never be able to do on your behalf. And finally, in Ephesians 2, in verse 16, it says, His purpose was to create in himself one new humanity out of two, thus making shalom. And I'm here to tell you that if you have never experienced Jesus Christ in your heart, you'll never experience shalom. You'll never experience the completeness and the fullness. There's going to be an emptiness that you're going to continue to seek for And you're going to try many different things in your life and 
you come up short each time. But the promise is there for us. So we see that peace is shalom. We see that peace is a person. And I'll tell you that peace is transformational. The Bible tells us in Mark chapter 4 of a story how that he got in the boat with his disciples and he said, let's go to the other side. And while they were going to the other side, there was a great storm. Now, this was a pretty bad storm because these were professional fishermen. They'd seen bad weather before. And there was, matter of fact, theologians argue that, that they believe that the storm was demonically affected. And so here they are in the storm and the, the waves become going over into the boat. And Jesus can be found underneath, up at the front, sleeping on a cushion. And so his disciples go to him. And they say, Master, do you not care if we all die? And then here's what it tells us in verse 39. And it said, and he awoke and rebuked the wind and said, peace, be still. And there was a great calm. And his disciples were amazed. You know, the reality is you're not in a boat and you're not on the Sea of Galilee. And Jesus isn't necessarily sleeping but I'm confident that many of us are going through storms of life. Our storms of life look different. There's no water. Our storms of life involve finances. Our storms of life involve friends that have walked out on us or abandoned us. Our storms of life involve family that have disappointed us or get mad at us or want had nothing to do with any of us. Our storms of life are physical. It may be something happening in our body. Our storms of life are emotional. Where we don't get to sleep and rest at night. And I can tell you this, that every one of us experience storms of life that are spiritual. So the question is, how do we experience the peace that God promised us? Well, you find it in Philippians chapter 4 and verse 6. And here's what he said. He says, do not be anxious about anything. Let me, let me just change that for you. Do not be anxious about the storm in your life. Do not be anxious about the waves. Do not be anxious about the finances. Do not be anxious about your relatives, your friends. Don't be anxious about the physical problem that you're experiencing. Don't be anxious about the mental challenges that you're living through. Don't be anxious about the spiritual warfare that you're going through. But in everything by prayer, let your requests be made known unto God. It's that simple. It didn't say anything other than let your request be made known unto God. And here's your challenge, my friend. What does the storm look like? As I talked about that, the storm came to mind, I'm confident. How are you to deal with that storm? It's very simply, take it to God. Now, here's a newsflash, spoiler alert. When you take it to God, he won't be surprised. You're not going to tell him anything you didn't know. You're not going to tell him anything he didn't know. He's aware exactly where you are. He's aware exactly what you're feeling. And watch this. The next verse says, And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding. You see... 
until you give it to God, you will never understand that peace. Matter of fact, after it's over with or when somebody comes up and says, I don't understand, how can you... How can you be so calm when this is happening in your life? You won't have an explanation. Because the peace that God gives us surpasses all of our understanding. It doesn't make sense to us. But here's what it will do. It will guard your hearts and minds. It will guard your soul and spirit. It will guard that wall of hostility that the enemy is bringing up in your life. In Jesus Christ. See, that's the power of peace. That's the wonderful thing about peace. And so when we talk about the, the God with us brings peace, let me share you with the story about a young lady named Mary. You know, it's the Christmas story where the, the angels came to Mary and told her that she was going to bear the Son of God. That rocked Mary's world. Mary didn't understand. Why me? Mary didn't understand because I'm not married. Mary didn't understand because I've never been with a man. And yet, she embraced what God had brought into her life. She embraced the opportunity to be that person who would bring into the world, the Savior, she embraced the... Matter of fact, she recognized that God had chosen her. And so it was ultimately in faith that Mary was able to carry our Savior and one day look at Him in a place, in a manger in a cave with animals all around, a feed trough, Mary was able to do that. So this morning, I want you to hear from Mary herself as she tells her story in song. And listen to the words that she says and understand that the same challenges that Mary experienced, all of us are going to experience it in our life. The same waves all of us are going to experience. But it's when. It's when we recognize that. And then we allow God to speak peace. We allow God to speak shalom. We allow God to speak completeness and wholeness in our life. As a church, it's our honor to play a small part in all that God is doing in and through your life, and we would love to continue with you on that journey. To find out what your next steps could be in your relationship with Christ, simply go to www.tbccentralia.com forward slash next. You see, here at TBCC, it's our mission to lead people to become fully devoted followers of Christ who walk by faith and not by sight. 